When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura, Red Sox beat writer for Belly Up Sports. This is a Belly Up Sports podcast. Alongside me, I got Brandon Karam. Brandon, how are we doing today? LJ, I am doing fantastic. I am uh, coming to everyone live. Well, I guess not live, but you, uh, when you hear this, I'm currently in a hotel room in Florida right now, taking a weekend away from school, uh, just chilling down here. But yeah, uh, you know, we still have games that we want to talk about. And uh, this is our Thursday recap episode. So if you remember, uh, the opening day was on a Thursday and last Thursday we did a first week recap. Now we're going to do our second week recap and, uh, after we go over all the games today, LJ and I are going to talk about a few teams that we're high on, a few teams that we're low on, uh, and we're going to do a more of an extended uh, leaderboard segment today as well. So, uh, yeah, it should be a fun episode. I'm excited. But, uh, LJ, would you like to uh, start us off? Yeah, let's do this. All right, first game we got to talk about is the Red Sox and the Twins. Despite a five-inning, one-earned run outing for Garrett Richards, the Twins led the Red Sox 3-0 in the eighth. With the bases loaded, Alex Verdugo hit the incredibly clutch bases-clearing double to left field to tie the game. 
But in the ninth in, bottom of the ninth inning, Max Kepler drove in the winning run off of Adam Ottavino to win it for the Twins 4-3. Give the win to Alex Colome, the loss to Adam Ottavino. The, and for Minnesota, they had Michael Pineda on the mound today. He went seven innings of shutout ball and struck out six batters. Now that breaks the Red Sox nine-game winning streak. They will go home tonight or last night, and they will be home today at set for a 7 p.m. start against the White Sox. This will kick off their longest um, home stretch of the season. For the White Sox, Dylan Cease will be on the mound against Nick Pavetta. All right. Moving on to the Atlanta Braves and the Miami Marlins, the fourth game of their series. Uh, and it was the Miami Marlins jumping out to a 3-0 lead after four innings, thanks to a John Birdie double, a Chad Wallach single, and then a Corey Dickerson single. But then in the bottom of the fifth, Ronald Acuna Jr., he hits a two-run home run to pull Atlanta within one, his league-leading seventh home run of the year. And then in the bottom of the sixth inning, Atlanta gets a huge boost off the bench from Pablo Sandoval, his third pinch hit home run of the season. Uh, LJ, I was on Twitter today and I saw that the record for most pinch hit home runs in a season is seven. Pablo Sandoval already with three. Very impressive. That gave the Braves a five to three lead. But then in the top of the seventh, Starling Marte of the Marlins, he hits a solo home run to uh, to pull Miami within one. And then in the top of the ninth, the Marlins actually take the lead and Adam on an Adam Duval double. And then a, a, a Garrett Cooper single made it six to five Miami. But in the bottom of the ninth, Atlanta would come back once again. This whole series has been a bunch of comebacks and they would get an Ozzie Albies base a little Bases loaded walk to tie the game and then a Dansby Swanson single on his third hit of the day for the walk off win and Atlanta wins seven to six. Give the win to AJ Minter out of the Atlanta bullpen. He gets the win even though he allows two runs and two hits over one inning of work. The loss goes to a Dylan Floro out of the Miami bullpen, his first rough outing of the year. He goes one-third of an inning, allowing three hits and two runs. Now, these two teams, uh, the the Braves improved to five and eight, and the Miami Marlins fall to five and seven. These two teams play today. Uh, Atlanta goes to Chicago for a series against the Cubs. And then the Marlins will host the San Francisco Giants. Next up, we got the Padres and the Pirates. The Padres jumped all over Pittsburgh's Mitch Keller, getting to a score of seven to one before they pulled him. The Pirates outscored the Padres two to one in the late innings, but ultimately fell eight to three. Give the win to Chris Paddock, his first of the year. He went five innings, allowing one earned run. And the loss, of course, will go to Mitch Keller, who went three and a third with those seven earned runs. The Pirates will play today. They will take on the Brewers in Milwaukee. JT Brubaker will be on the pound on the pound on the mound for Pittsburgh. And for Milwaukee, they will have Adrian Hauser. All right. Moving on to the 
Cleveland Indians and the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox get on the board in the bottom of the first on a Yoan Moncada RBI single to make it one nothing Chicago. And it would remain that score until the sixth inning, the top of the sixth, when Jose Ramirez hits his third home run of the year and uh, puts Cleveland on the board and would, would give them the lead two to one. Uh, Cleveland would be able to get three more runs across uh, all coming or two coming on errors, uh, one coming on a ground out. And the final score would be four to two. The Indians taking this one, give the win to Aaron Savali, who's now three and oh on the year. He goes six innings of one run ball, striking out four, allows five hits. The loss goes to Lance Lynn, who allows his first earned runs of the year. He's one and one. He goes six innings long, five hits, two earned runs, and striking out 10 on this Jackie Robinson day. The save goes to Emmanuel Classe. Remember, we talked about him with Tom Matheny just a couple of episodes ago. He gets his third save of the year, still has not allowed an earned run. He goes one inning, allowing no earned runs and striking out one batter. So that puts the Indians at seven and five and the White Sox at six and seven. The Indians uh, travel to Cincinnati for an interleague series against the Reds starting today. And then the White Sox, as LJ said, travel to Boston for a series. All right, we've got, Brandon, first time in show's history, the laser shows of the day. The Orioles and Mariners played a doubleheader today due to some weather issues earlier on in the week. It's April. This is what happens. And so it was quite the show of power. Very big display. So in the first game, Trey Mancini and Mitch Haniger traded two-run bombs to keep the game tied until a two-run double by J.P. Crawford made it 4-2 in favor of the Mariners. That was the final. Give the win to Marco Gonzalez, his first of the year. He's one and one. He went five innings, allowing two earned runs and striking out five batters. The loss to Tanner Scott and the save to Kendall Graveman, his second. Over in the second game of the series, uh, this laser show day continued with Dylan Moore and Freddie Galvis trading bombs before Mitch Haniger came to the plate, flexed like Shia LaBeouf, and just did it! A solo homer to win the game, 2-1 to one for Seattle. Give the win to Justin Dunn. He was now 1-0 and on the year. He went five innings, allowing one earned run and striking out five batters. The loss will be given to Bruce Zimmerman, who is now 1-1, one and one, allowing five innings, allowing one earned run. These two teams will both play on Friday. The Orioles will open up a series in Texas against the Rangers. Jorge Lopez will be on the mound against Mike Fultonevich. And then for the Mariners, I forgot the team that was the other team. Um, they will have an, a home game against the Astros with Jose Urquidy going up against Yusei Kukuchi. All right, LJ, you had your two 
laser shows. Uh, I want to say that this one was actually a laser show, a lot of offense early between the Arizona Diamondbacks and Washington Nationals. Arizona puts a three spot up in the top of the first, thanks to homers from Carson Kelly and Eduardo Escobar. Already five homers for Eduardo Escobar. He's playing really good this year. They would be up 3-0, but then in the bottom of the first, Washington responds with four runs of their own, thanks to a Josh Bell double, a Josh Harrison single, and then a Starlin Castro home run. So Washington would take the lead 4-3. to three. However, top of the second inning, Arizona puts up seven runs. Uh, first on a fielder's choice that tied the game, a walk and hit by pitch would score two more prior to an Andrew Young grand slam to right field. That will put Arizona up 10 to four, and they would end up winning this one comfortably 11 to six. The win goes to... Uh, Arizona starter Merrill Kelly, who goes six innings, allowing nine hits, six earned, and striking out five. He's one and two on the year. The loss goes to Patrick Corbin, who had a very rough start. He's 0 and 2 on the year. He goes two innings, allowing six hits, nine earned runs, four walks, one strikeout, and he allows three home runs. Now, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks sit at five and eight. The Nationals are three and seven. These two teams will meet again uh, today with the starting pitchers being Taylor Widener for Arizona and then Max Scherzer for Washington. All right, let's get on to the Blue Jays and the Royals. Kansas City made the game look like it wouldn't be very competitive going up 7-0 early. The Blue Jays cut the deficit to two, a stretch which included a 456-foot home run for Vladdy but they fell seven to five. Give the win to Jake Junis, his first of the year. He went five innings, allowing two earned runs and six strikeouts. The loss will go to Anthony Kay, his first of the year. He went three and a third innings, allowing four earned runs. The save will be given to Scott Barlow, his first of the year. These two teams will play on Friday against each other. Steven Matz will tow the rubber up against Mike Miner for the Royals. All right, moving on to the Texas Rangers and Tampa Bay Rays. The Rangers get on the board first on a Nick Solak solo home run in the top of the second. However, Tampa Bay would tie it in the bottom of the third on an Austin Meadows single. Texas would take the lead back on a Charlie Culberson home run, but Tampa Bay says no lead is safe as Mike Brasso with his first homer of the year to make it a 3-3 game after four innings. Nick Solak then on the Rangers is able to drive in a run. Tampa Bay scores a run in the bottom of the seventh on an error, and we have a 4-4 game going into extra innings. We jump to the top of the 10th, and Adalis Garcia is up for Texas. He hits his first career home run, puts them up by two, and the Rangers are able to force a zero spot in the bottom of the 10th to walk away with a 6-4 to four win over the Rays. You can give the win to Josh Spores out of the Texas bullpen, who pitches the ninth inning. He goes one inning, allowing one hit and striking out two. The loss goes to Cody Reed, LJ's favorite player, to Reed. Uh, he's 0-1 on the year now. He uh, pitches that 10th uh, inning, allowing two hits and one earned run. 
The save goes to Ian Kennedy out of the Texas bullpen. That's his third save of the year. That puts the Rangers at six and seven and the Rays at five and eight. Uh, these two teams, uh, like LJ said, the Rangers will host the Orioles and Tampa Bay travels to the Bronx. They will play the Yankees at 7.05 to start a big weekend series for both teams. You know, Brandon, I don't think non-baseball fans understand the things that are uttered towards pitchers in the bullpen would probably be illegal in about 14 countries. And yet they're completely commonplace for a baseball stadium. It's the funniest thing ever. So Brandon, how are the Tigers been doing? Well, the Tigers took on the Oakland Athletics last night uh, in Oakland. And Oakland was able to get on the board first in the bottom of the third inning, thanks to a Steven Piscotti solo home run, his second of the year. Then the Tigers would come back and tie it up in the top of the fourth inning, thanks to a Willie Castro double. And Oakland was still not done, as in the bottom of the fourth and the bottom of the fifth, they get a sack fly from Elvis Andrews. And then in the bottom of the fifth, they take a 3-1 lead on a Matt Olson home run, his second of the year. Top six, the Tigers uh, inch within one. Nico Goodrum hits a, his first homer of the year to make it 3-2. Oakland still leading. And then in the bottom of the six, Oakland would pour it on. They get a Ramon Laureano bases loaded walk, a Matt Chapman double that scores uh, two, and then a Sean Murphy bases loaded walk. That would make it 7-2. The Tigers would get back. A couple of runs, but they end up dropping this one eight to four to Oakland. Give the win to Oakland starter Sean Manaya, who pitched very good in this one. He's now one and one on the year. He goes six innings long, five hits, two earned, and striking out seven. The loss goes to Tigers starter Tariq Scooball, who really didn't pitch that bad in this one. He goes four innings, allowing two hits, one earned run, walked four, and struck out five. He is now 0-2 on the year. Oakland now sits at 6-7, and seven, and the Tigers also sit at 6-7. and seven. Today, they will play at least Oakland. Uh, these two teams actually play again today. Uh, I can't believe I was almost going to read that wrong. Uh, yeah, these two teams play again today at 940. Your pitching matchup is Jose Ureña for the Tigers and Frankie Montas for the Athletics. And then as for the Colorado Rockies and the Los Angeles Dodgers game, we'll get right into that one as well. Colorado uh, jumps on the board in the top of the first on a Ryan McMahon home run, his sixth of the year. They take a one nothing lead, a Garrett excuse me, Garrett Hampson in the top of the third inning. He goes deep, and Colorado has a 2-0 lead. But in the bottom of the third, Justin Turner, second night in a row, he hits a three-run home run, his fourth of the year, and the Dodgers take back a 3-2 lead. Top six, C.J. Crone of the Rockies hits a single, and then Jonathan Daza hits a single. Uh, so it would be five to three Colorado uh, after six innings. But then 
in the bottom of the seventh. Max Muncy steps up. He hits his third home run of the year, a three-run home run, and the Dodgers take a 6-5 to five lead. A wild pitch later on in that inning would make it 7-5 to five Dodgers, and that would be your final score. Dodgers 7, Rockies 5. Give the win to Jimmy Nelson out of the Dodgers bullpen, who pitched the Seventh inning, allowing no hits, no walks, no runs. He's one and one on the year. The loss goes to Yancy Almonte of Colorado. Uh, he gets his second blown save of the year. He came in uh, to pitch uh, two outs in the seventh inning. He's 0-1 on the year. His stat line on the night, he goes two-thirds of an inning long, one hit, three earned runs, two walks, one strikeout. And the save, believe it or not, goes to David Price of the L.A. Dodgers. He gets his first save of the year, comes in for the ninth inning. He goes one inning, allowing two hits, no earned runs, and striking out two. Really weird to see him in the closer role, but hey, if it works, it works for the Dodgers. I mean, this is the team that is chasing 117 wins to break the all-time record, and uh, we're going to see stuff like this all season. They're just so deep. They are now 11 and 2. That is the, the Dodgers. The Colorado Rockies are 3 and 10. And now, today, the, the Dodgers start a very big series with the San Diego Padres. Walker Bueller versus Ryan Weathers. Uh, that should be a good matchup, even though both teams are a little bit shorthanded due to injuries. Uh, just seeing those two play is going to be very, very fun. As for the Rockies, they uh, host the New York Mets today at Coors Field, uh, and it, they will have the pleasure of facing Jacob DeGrom of the Mets, and, and uh, as for the Colorado Rockies, they will send out Chichi Gonzalez. That game slated to start at 8.40. All right, now it is time for the PPP, particular players people should care about. The first one, the first one's been kind of interesting today, Brandon. I'm not sure if you noticed this too, but it seems to me that number 42 had just about every hit, home run, RBI, stolen base, win or strikeout that there was to be had today. I mean, that's absolutely a monster performance by him. I mean, some of these games were even happening at the same time. I don't understand how he was able to do it all. Yes, uh, in case for those who don't know, LJ is referring to Jackie Robinson Day, celebrated annually in the MLB on April 15th uh, in commemoration. I believe it's the day that Jackie Robinson debuted. And uh, every single player, coach, umpire uh, wears the number 42 in remembrance of him. Uh, Really something that I love about the MLB is just so unique compared to the other pro sports that they're able to do stuff like this that uh you know it's 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 always really cool to see a Jackie Robinson day every day or every year excuse me (laughs) that would be a really interesting way to play baseball if Jackie Robinson day was every day and they all had the same number I kind of need to see it all right, we got two more players left up in the PPP. The next one is Mitch Haniger, who had two home runs in today's doubleheader against the Orioles. I mean, both of them were super influential in either tying the game or going ahead in the game. Props to him, clutch. And speaking of clutch, 
so far in the twin or through the entire first three games of the twins series, Alex Verdugo held a 1277 OPS and then ended up closing that out with the clutch play of the series, having that double that cleared the bases, tying the game very late. Brandon, he basically had every clutch moment of that series. It was amazing to watch. And the other, the other thing to consider there too is, I guess, the majority of his family is now is now located loosely in that greater Minnesota area. So this is the, one of the first times that they've gotten to really, a whole bunch of them have gotten to see him in a Red Sox uniform. So it was certainly a very exciting time to be in Minnesota if you were a Alex Verdugo or Red Sox fan. Yeah, he played one hell of a series. That, that's for sure. Well, uh, let's move on to uh, part of our recap here where we're going to talk about the six division leaders across the league. Uh, LJ, would you like to take us through the American League? Yeah, so starting in the East, you know, this could have been a great opportunity, but I'm not going to complain. The Red Sox are currently standing first in the American League East with a three-game lead on the competition. Could have been four had they won today. Over in the AL Central, you've got the 7-4 and four Kansas City Royals with a half-game lead on the Indians. And in the West, you have the Seattle Mariners at 8-5 and five with a half-game lead on the Angels. Nice to see the uh, Seattle Mariners there. Hopefully they can break their playoff drought this year. Man, I hope. It's just been so long. I think the big thing is for any team, I mean, you can, you may have higher, more lofty needs as a Yankees fan than other teams. However, for me, I can appreciate a mass season as long as there's meaningful games in August. Oh, yeah. Like, if the team is still in a, at least in a in legitimate competition for the wild card, where I can watch the game and feel like there's actual stakes to it other than a draft pick, then I'm going to be happy. And I'm sure Mariners fans around the world would love that. Well, let's move on to the National League, where I'm going to go through the three division leaders. Starting in the East, we have the New York Mets. They've won three games in a row and now sit at five and three, one game above the six and six Philadelphia Phillies. The NL Central is tied between the big red contraption, the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers. They are both at seven and five. And then out in the NL West, it is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, I'm going to assume that they win this game here against Colorado because uh, I'm doing that game recap tomorrow. But they would be at 11 and two, having won six games in a row. Uh, and they look to be everything that we expected them to be so far. Yeah, Brandon, I, th- I have a feeling you'll be able to pretty much size this up tonight, hopefully. For, yes, um, it's looking pretty good. Well, uh, now we're going to uh, go over for this last part of the show today. We're going to talk about uh, an extended leaderboard segment where we uh, just go through every stat for both hitting and pitching. And we're just going to name the league leader there. Uh, 
just a shorter episode today is like I said, I am on vacation currently, so we don't want to run this too long for you guys, but uh, I'll take us through the hitters and then LJ can take us through the pitchers. So uh, as for batting average, it is still Yermin Mercedes. He's had the crown the entire year. He's hitting 476. Home runs, as I mentioned earlier, is Ronald Acuna Jr. He hit his seventh today. RBIs is J.D. Martinez. He's been off to a hot start, uh, swinging a really good bat. He has 16. Stolen bases, we talked about that one yesterday. It's still Ramon Laureano. He has eight. As for war, we have uh, a tie now between Ronald Acuna and Byron Buxton. They each have 1.3 war. As for defensive war, it's Michael A. Taylor already with 0.7. And LJ threw this one in here. Pinch hit home runs. Pablo Sandoval with three. It's awesome. Love the panda. That's definitely going to be the title today. Um, yeah, so moving over to the pitchers, we currently have a three-way tie for wins at three wins for Aaron Savali, Yusmiro Petit, Petit uh, and Connor Brogdon. Over in the saves, we've got, honestly, it feels like a ton this early in the season, but you look at the rest of the league and it doesn't seem that bad. Um, Jake McGee has six saves so far through two and a half weeks. Mark Melanson's right behind him with five. That feels really high to me, but I mean, there's plenty of guys kind of floating around there. So opportunities are weird. We currently only have two qualified players with a zero ERA. Now that's Joe Ross and Carlos Rodon. Uh, the strikeout leader is Shane Bieber who has 35 and then for pitching war, you've got Tyler glass now with 1.2 Shane Bieber's also your innings pitched leader at 21 point in a third innings and your FIP leaders so that's fielding independent pitching. This basically shows what a pitcher's ERA would be if they didn't have to worry about the defense. So in other words, it's judging you on your strikeouts, walks and home runs that title goes to Tyler Glass now at 0.65. All right. Uh, last thing we're going to talk about, LJ and I both picked a team. Uh, I don't know who he picked. He doesn't know who I picked. Uh, one team that we I think picked. is <laughs> one team that we think is trending upward, one team that we think is trending downward. Uh, because LJ is still unsure, uh, I'll start with my team. Uh, my team that's trending upward is the Oakland Athletics. After having a terrible start to the season, they start 0-6. Uh, they're now 6-7 and and only two games out of the AL West. They won five in a row. Their, their starting pitching is starting to come around, and the offense is actually starting to click a little bit. So it's nice to see Oakland uh, winning some games. Uh, any thoughts on them? Um, yeah, Oakland has certainly, I mean, it was just a, it was a rough mental start to the season for them, but it's great to see them winning or uh, turning it around, winning their last five games is fantastic. All right. So really at this point, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tied. The homer in me really wants to go with the Red Sox because they've by far been the hottest team over the past couple of weeks. They've been brilliant. 
However, another kind of sleeper pick past the Red Sox. They're certainly the best team right now, my choice. But the Kansas City Royals, we talked a lot on them earlier this this uh, during the shows about how they weren't necessarily as bad as people thought. They had probably the best or the second best offseason out of all of the AL Central teams, and they're really proving it. I mean, there's just so many underrated players on that team that people don't want to talk about, partially because it's in Kansas City and no one really cares, and partially because they haven't really been like superstars before. So it's certainly great to see them start with so much success. Um, My team that is really trending downwards, the Houston Astros have completely fallen apart after dominating the A's and I think whoever their second series was, they are now losers of five straight going into this point in time. That's not really where you want to be right now. Is it Brandon? No, it's not. And you know, it's surprising because we saw the Astros and the A's both play uh, two series against each other. And it seems like we've, that they've had opposite effects coming out of, uh, both weeks that we've had. So uh, yeah, Houston, they're, they're having some, some issues down there with their pitching, but uh, they have a really good offense. So I think that they're going to be all right. That's my AL West pick remember. So uh, I kind of need them to do all right. Just so I look like I'm somewhat smart at this, but um, yeah, my team that's trending downward, I could go with the Yankees, but uh, there's, you know, I'm going to go much more into depth about their problems and in a future episode uh my team that's trending downward is the philadelphia phillies um they start off really hot last week you know they beat they win series against both the mets and the braves but as of right now they're on a three-game losing streak uh, they have a negative run a differential and uh yeah, have had quite a bit of slide here the last few games. They were supposed to play that last game of their series against the Mets today. Jacob DeGrom was supposed to pitch, and that gets rained out. So uh, we – the Mets, man, they've had so many rainouts the Mets have. It's I don't they understand can't play two how days it happened. It's – I mean, I know it's April, but, like, the odds of the sheer amount of things that have happened to that team – I mean, I mean, it, it's not none of it's their fault. I mean, it's rain, and then it was the Nationals getting COVID. Like, how can they be blamed for anything? It's a miracle, frankly, that they've had as good a start as they have. I mean, you look at the Nationals. The Nationals were a team that, while they weren't really good last year, they have a lot of talent on that team still. Their starting pitching is still incredibly good, and they've filled in a lot of those holes in that lineup, which, granted, two of them – had COVID, but they haven't looked that much better since they came back. So they're another clear favorite uh, favorite for trending downward, just because they sh- you would have thought that they would have picked it up at some point here and looked like a strong team so far. But ne- minus seventeen runs over ten games is no bueno. No, certainly not. But um, I think that that is going to do it for today's episode. Uh, once uh, again, thank you. Uh, LJ, do you have one more announcement? Um, yeah, no, a couple things. Uh, first off, definitely make sure you check out tomorrow's episode as we will have a full-length interview with Graham Wallace, Belly Up Sports' beat writer for the Toronto Blue Jays. 
Also make sure you check it out. The link to the Periscope is currently on the MLB Daily uh, Twitter page. We'll make sure to keep it towards the top as much as we can. Um, today was, or yesterday was our first MLB Daily Plays where I came on and I played out of the park baseball, managing the Arizona Diamondbacks. We had an incredibly successful first month and made a major splash at the end of the episode in the trade market. So definitely check that out. For sure. Uh, I was on the plane while you were streaming, but I'm for sure going to check that out tomorrow when I have time. So, uh, Really excited about that, but uh, it that that should be fun. But as for uh, that, that's going to be it for today's episode. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod, and then me and LJ are at Brandon underscore Karam and at uh, LJ underscore VP underscore Lafiora. Uh, have a good night, everyone, and uh, enjoy your weekend. At the start of your weekend. Bye, y'all. See you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.